Hello, darlings. You are listening to Healing in Doses, a place for inspiration and nuggets of insights to take along your healing journey. My name is Siobhan, and I am happy to be back for another episode of Sky Magic, our weekly astrology series to hopefully give you an edge above the energy that is in flux for each and every one of us. I am excited about this week because it is another low tide week, similar to last week. So you won't hear any major crazy transitions or ingresses or aspects, all that good stuff. Uh, We do have some that's happening, but it certainly won't be the kind of earth shattering, soul diving that we've experienced over the past uh, few months, as well as the past few weeks. I'll do a bit of a recap just so you can see where we are in space and time, and hopefully that will help what's happening this week make a bit more sense and help you navigate through that energy as we continue. So let's get into the cosmos, my friends, and start off with the moon and its placement in Scorpio. So the moon went into Scorpio on the 26th. So I talked about that in last week's episode about what it meant to really have that moon in Scorpio. Um, The Scorpio sign, as many of us know, is a sign of death, Uh, deep understanding, deep healing, facing deep wounds, facing deep trauma, and really unearthing all things that we think we keep buried on the inside. It's a sign of uh, deep intimacy and also one that ties into the I, ties directly into the ego and really helping that inner child within you rise to the occasion and declare, this is what I want, this is who I am, and this is what I am feeling in this world. So having your moon in Scorpio uh, really would have set the tone. Uh, If this is your natal placement, you feel this way pretty much all the time. But for those of us under a, a moon in Scorpio, we feel this energy of what the hell do we want? What are some things that we need to start doing to fulfill our greatest vision, our greatest uh, desires? The word that comes to mind for me during this time is purpose. What's our purpose here? What are we trying to really solve for in our own lives? And are we doing everything we can to ensure that we are successful? So that energy was with us from the 26th through uh, the 28th. Uh, It's going to be with us through the 28th um, and before the moon moves into Sagittarius, right? So we're going to have that energy of really looking at the world, looking looking at our emotional wells from the place of, is this where I want to be? Is this how I want to do it? Is this something that I've been burying? Whatever that is, uh, has come up to the surface and may come up to the surface for many of us. I know personally, this definitely has been a time that's been really cathartic and me thinking about past traumas, past lies that I've told myself about uh, who I want to be in life and what I want out of this life and really having to face that and face what I am feeling uh, intuitively about about that part of myself, about that part of my life. So if you've noticed uh, over the past couple of days, over the past weekend, up until um, a really Memorial Day, (laughs) if you're noticing uh, this tide of truth coming out of the woodwork, um, 
being a bit more observant uh, of the hidden layers that we keep buried. If you're noticing that happening to yourself, that ain't no coincidence. That's that moon and Scorpio tapping into areas of your chart. Uh, again, if you do have this placement in your natal chart, this is something that you are well versed in and you are kind of at home in this placement and things feel a bit more natural to you and how you receive and how you interact with the world as a whole. So the moon will be in Scorpio through the Memorial Day, so through Monday the 28th, and it will begin its void of course about 1.30 in the afternoon Eastern Standard Time. So for those of you that forgot, a void of course means that the moon is essentially hanging out. Uh, it's, it's completed its last aspect before it moves into another sign, right? And the next sign after that's going to be Sagittarius. Anytime the moon is void, so uh, the moon is kind of hanging out, doesn't really have any strong aspects, it's leaving one sign and entering in another, uh, that tends to be a time where the, the energy around stagnation is high, right? Things can get stalled. Uh, certain things are just not panning out. It, I call them mini retrogrades because it can slow people down. It can slow events down. Uh, you got to make sure you double check things. You got to make sure you dot your I's and cross your T's anytime a moon is void. The length of time a moon is void can vary on the transition point itself. So it's going to be void from about 1.30 on Monday till about 6.30 that evening. And at 6.30, that evening the moon will enter Sagittarius and we will have it have a Sagittarius moon so what the hell does that mean well the moon in Sagittarius changes the energy from internal awakening to an external awakening instead of the broad uh, excavation you're doing with your feelings uh, when the moon is in Scorpio you're really focusing in on yourself and your place in the world now it's the world as it relates to you now you are looking more expansively about your life and what you can do to make a greater impact on the world versus what others and situations can do to make a greater impact on you so that's how it will flip that will be kind of the inverse relationship it will challenge us to think broadly to think more expansive to really trust our intuition to trust our gut we'll have this energy of wanting to take flight in all areas of our lives that feel a bit a bit boring uh, <laughs> for lack of a better term uh, moon and Sagittarian people of course if this is in your natal chart you think about this a lot you tend to absorb the world from a place of how can we take uh, this emotion higher than where it's at how can we think a bit how, how can we level up our thinking and level up our feelings to where we are, are tapping into multiple uh, areas of transformation, not just the singular focus? How can we think bigger, think more broadly? Uh, how can we take this beyond even our own limits? That is a moon in Sagittarius kind of wave, very similar to the Sag people who, are, who happen to be Sag suns, uh, that area of expansiveness. Jupiter rules uh, Sagittarius as a close relationship to Sagittarius so you can see where that expansive energy comes from in its own ruling planet and we will have that uh, through the full moon that will culminate on May 29th. Ah the beautiful full moon! So let's recap full moons. Full moons are a time of culmination. They're a time of realization. They're a time to take stock of what 
has become of the new moon and the intentions you set on the new moon. To just give you guys a reminder, the new moon uh, happened in Taurus. So we had a new moon in Taurus and that occurred around May 15th, right? That was also the time of the big Uranus in Taurus shift as well. So we had a, a big kind of Taurus energy setting the stage for new beginnings as it relates to Taurus things, money, love, sensuality, beauty, material possessions, work and work ethics. So we were setting intentions, right? Because that's what we do in the new moon. We, we plant the seeds, right? We plant the seeds. And for the two weeks after that, we begin to um, ignite actions that help those seeds grow. When we get to the full moon, this is when we see our progress. What has become of that time? What has become of the time, not just from that new moon, but even a few new moons back? So we may even see the effects of our actions, the effects of our movements that we may have started in April, right? Really kind of seeing how this goes. But always remember that the full moons, every full moon is a time to see what has become of the intentions we set, the prayers we set, the actions we took, right? Because prayer without action is worthless. Uh, same thing with intentions. Intentions without action is worthless. So the actions that we put towards our goals, the actions that we put towards our wants, what have we come up with now? What, has, uh, what have we co-designed with the universe? What have we co-created? The energy around us and that energy will show itself this time in the sign of Sagittarius because we have the moon in Sag. So this uh, full moons as, as all full moons, uh, we're talking about fulfillment, we're talking about um, fertilization, uh, romance, we're talking about relationships, we're talking about people, we're talking about things. That's kind of kicked up by the Sagittarius energy and it's also kicked up by the fact that we are in Gemini season, which is all about connecting with people and building with people. The interesting thing about this placement is that when the moon is full, it will be in full uh, 10, 20 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that's when we will see the moon, that's the exact time stamp on when the moon will be in its full, right? And uh, it will stay that way and that energy will stay that way for the next uh, two days after that. Remember, two days before a moon change and two days after a moon change, the energy is potent and the energy is there, right? So the interesting thing about this placement is that the moon being in Sagittarius is actually in opposition to the sun in Gemini, right? They are kind of looking at each other from across the room. And oppositions do uh, some interesting things. They, it, it's what many would call a negative aspect, but it's all about energetic potential, right? The sun wants us to look at things logically and keep things really high level. But this moon is just as deep uh, as a Scorpio moon, except now it's about the world. Now we've just broadened our influence. We've broadened our impact. So these two, you got one saying, listen, look at it. Make sure you got all your ducks in the row. Make sure you got A to B to C to D to E. Make sure you overanalyze that shit like a thousand times. And then we have this moon in Sagittarius going, screw it. Just do it. What do you got to lose? Go with your gut. Go with your instincts. This is literally the cosmic manifestation of an educated guess. All of our actions, all of our movements, our feelings will have a tone of, let's just make some calculated risk 
Let's just make some educated guess about what to do next, about how to handle a situation or a person or direct a conversation how we'd like it to go. So it's an, it's an interesting polarity that work together. Gemini and Sagittarius are not uh, particularly opposing signs. They mesh really well with each other, but they do have a very different way of seeing the world and how to approach situations. And what's going to be important for us is to find that delicate balance. Again, make that calculated risk, make that educated guess, right? It doesn't mean you throw all the facts out of the window, but you don't allow those facts to paralyze you when you gotta just leap and you gotta go, which is all about that Sagittarius energy, taking flight, taking worldly possessions, taking leadership, taking stock of your goals, not being afraid to make a decision, but understanding the facts around that decision. Uh, that's something that's going to be really present for all of us in this time. And a nice way to pull um, the lessons that we've learned and the lessons and the things that we became aware of in that uh, Scorpio moon, now we're able to say, okay, well, okay, what are we going to do about it? And that Gemini sun wants us to really look at the, the, all of the facts. That Sag moon is going to say, okay, we got all the facts. We're here. We're done. That's the move. We're going to take it. We're going to leap. And it'll give us a, a, an extra battery in our back with pushing things through from an emotional standpoint, pushing things through with our relationships. There will be an air of fearlessness that we feel during this transit and emotional openness without concern of how that other person is going to think about uh, what we're saying or what we're doing because we've assessed what was necessary to assess before we leaped. And that is going to be the energy around this full moon, really for all of us, and especially for the folks that already have a Sag moon in their natal chart. They are going to feel very, very much at home. That Sag moon will be hanging out uh, until the 31st before it moves into Capricorn. But before I talk about what that moon is going to look like and other transits this week, I want to uh, just highlight another transit that will be happening on May 29th. So this is Tuesday, May 29th. We'll have the full moon in Sag that day, right? Right when everyone is getting back into work, right? Uh, so imagine being in meetings with folks and people got these big ideas happening. Um, people are assessing the facts, but thinking broadly, thinking big, thinking about internationalization, thinking about uh, how to operationalize for growth, for scaling. Uh, so you'll probably hear a lot about that and feel a lot about that in your work settings as well, as well as in your partnership. So you and your significant other thinking about travel, thinking about really uh, expanding the layers of your relationship, really opening what you can build and grow together is also a part of this full moon, right? Remember, a full moon puts the battery, it puts the energy into the sign that it is in. So all of that good Sagittarian stuff is going to get an extra boost for everyone. And no matter what your own moon placement is in your natal chart or whatever your aspects you have in your natal chart, we will all be feeling a bit of this. Another thing that is going to kind of co-opt this day is going to be Mercury entering into its home sign of Gemini. Mercury, the planet 
of communication, of expression, how we intellectually engage with the world, and what we intellectually add to the world through our voice, through how we write, through how we speak, through our body language, so on and so forth, is going home. And it's sitting in the sign of Gemini for the next three weeks. So it'll be there from May 29th through June 12th, roughly. And when the Mercury is in Gemini, Again, we talked a lot about Gemini in the last episode. So think about the communicative aspects of the Gemini sign. All of that will be kicked up a notch given that Mercury is sitting in its home sign. So the elevated level of curiosity you may have, the desire to communicate, the desire to be extra sociable, to attend all the happy hours, to go to the brunches, uh, to go to a museum, to read a book, all of these really intellectually stimulating things, uh, solving a puzzle, uh, doing a crossword on the train, whatever it is that gets your mind excited and gets your mind kind of revved up, that is something we will see uh, for all of us and experience for all of us. The the energy will be there uh, for each and every one of us to communicate and also express ourselves in a very uh, mentally stimulating way. What is also going to be around for us is the the proclivity for debating and arguing, right? So if you find yourself going back and forth with someone and both of you are equally relentless, you can probably blame a little bit of that outside of your own personality, a little bit of that on the Mercury uh, placement in Gemini, right? Because that's a part of it too. You will fancy the word plays, you'll fancy the puns, you'll fancy the ability to negotiate, uh, and it may add to you being easily distracted again. These are really common uh, attributes of Gemini that we will now see in communication and in all of our communication styles. We'll add a a sprinkle of that in there uh, for you to experience and for those to experience from you. So on May 30th, we have that moon still in Sag, uh, and we also have a nice uh, positive aspect happening between uh, Mercury being in Gemini now and Chiron, who is currently in Aries. So I'll recap Chiron real quick because that's the one that is extremely essential, but that people forget along the the kind of listening to these episodes. But Chiron is the wounded healer. It is the placement that... Uh, will spring up the greatest amount of success and equally the greatest area of opportunity. So wherever Chiron sits in your natal chart, it will give an astrologer, it will give you insight into where you are the most strong and equally where you are the most weak. So it is the Achilles heel, essentially, of your uh, astrology, right, of your own natal chart. Currently, we have Chiron sitting in Aries. So this placement ignites the Aries energy around ego, around me, myself, and I, around who we are in this world, what individual impact around our looks, around our self-worth. So when Chiron is sitting in Aries, it gives us a deeper a deeper emphasis, right, on what we are doing for ourselves and are we showing up in the best way possible to our relationships, to our life, to ourselves as individuals, right? It really elevates who we are and are we showing up. We have Chiron and Aries making a beautiful sextile to uh, a beautiful sextile to Mercury and Gemini. So now we're really looking at the truth. 
and we're looking at it in a healthy way. It's not the moon and Scorpio truth where we're digging up past traumas and ailments, but we're looking at, okay, what the hell do we really want? And how do we truly feel about ourselves where we are in the world? And this Sag moon is like, oh, that's an area you want to change. Let's go ahead and change that. That's an area you want to take part in. Let's go ahead and do that. This is something you've always wanted to do. This is something you've always wanted to do for yourself. Here's a positive, harmonious way to make that first step. So all of that cooking up together in the, in the Cosmo Cauldron is really going to bring about harmonious change and harmonious conversations as it relates to ourself, our identity, and the truth around how we think and how we uh, truly express ourselves uh, in our own ego. Overnight on the 30th, the moon will go void. So at least we'll all be sleeping while the moon is doing its void dance across the sky before it moves into Capricorn on the 31st. So a Capricorn moon. Well, we've talked about Capricorn before. Capri There's a lot of things happening in Capricorn right now. Uh, we have Mars in Capricorn, we have Pluto in Capricorn, we got Saturn in Capricorn, currently retrograde. We got a lot of stuff that has happened and currently is happening in the sign of Capricorn. And most of you have felt what that's meant. It's meant a revisiting, <laughs> a restructure, a revamp, um, a rebirth of the things that truly matter to us in this life. Some things we've torn down, other things we are rebuilding because Capricorn is a sign of building, of growth, of ascension, of expansion. And having the moon in Capricorn will ignite us to make change. So Scorpio was all, our Scorpio moon was about digging things up. Our Sagittarius moon was about taking calculated risks. And now the Capricorn moon is going to be like, okay, let's put some structure and some boundaries around what uh, we've risked in order to evoke the greatest level of success, right? So we're going to have that Capricorn moon really take us through uh, June 2nd uh, and the night of June 2nd. So we have some time with the Capricorn moon really getting grounded. So for those of you moving into new apartments uh, on June 1, it is a good time to create a plan make a structure around that so things are flowing in the best possible way, okay? And that um, moon will enter Capricorn the morning of the 31st. It's also, uh, this moon is going to make a really beautiful aspect to uh, Uranus, which is currently in Taurus, right? Uranus and Taurus, really looking at all of that Taurus energy, which also has a bit of that earthiness to staying grounded. What are we working on? What are we building? And it's also going to make a beautiful, um, uh, a beautiful alignment with Saturn uh, as it transits through the sky as well. So these two planets, Uranus, the planet of excitement, of uh, erratic behavior, the planet of uh, all things crazy, the planet that, that shakes things up, and the planet of structure. 
Saturn, uh, the planet of boundaries, Saturn, the planet of responsibility, Saturn. You have this moon in Capricorn making positive aspects to both of them. So there will be some harmony and there will also be some progressiveness and about getting things moving, right? Saturn really isn't a planet that moves things, it's a planet that kind of grounds things. But Capricorn is a sign of movement. So it's going to uh, take the beautiful energy happening with Uranus and Taurus and take the energy of Saturn and say, okay, let's get moving and make some changes that are thoughtful, that are calculated, and that are a bit cautious, but not in a way that impedes our goals. So we're going to have that energy uh, take us through really the end of the week uh, as we move with that Capricorn uh, energy through the weekend. So the last thing we have before we truly end the week is going to be the transition of the moon again into Aquarius. And that's going to happen the night of June 2nd. So the night of June 2nd, we're going to see the moon kind of leap over into the worldly, humanitarian, broad thinker that is Aquarius, right? And you'll see this fluctuation too happening uh, with the what I like to call the 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 fall signs of the zodiac the fall winter signs where this where there's a going deep into oneself and then coming out into the world, going deep into oneself and then coming out into the world. So Capricorn, even though it is a sign of, you know, determination and boundaries and strength in that matter, Capricorns are also very committed to home and very committed to those within their circle and those that are immediately available within that circle. So it is another grounding into oneself only to pop back up out of that uh, well that we are in and get thinking about what is happening around us and the external environment. And that is what's going to happen when the moon enters into Aquarius the night of June 2nd. So we'll get out of our structure, we'll get out of our heads a little bit, we'll get out of our hearts a little bit, and we'll start thinking light again. Aquarians and Geminis uh, share that very similar energy of lightness of thought, the ability and the desire to really articulate and look at things a bit worldly and a bit uh, more logically. Uh, there's an emphasis on using technology. There's an, en there's an emphasis on distancing oneself from the emotional flux of the world. And that's also something that will be curated uh, with this moon in Aquarius. I'll save the true dissection of what that means and as it relates to the other aspects aspects happening next week when we talk about that placement through June 3rd June 4th, and, and June 4th, of course. So don't worry. It's all light. It's all uh, really tying into what we've been looking at across the board as it relates to change. Every single aspect now is in relation to these larger mega things that we've been dealing with over the past few months where we are looking at the long-term planets. And 2018, for, for myself and many other astrologers in the field, is the year of the long-term planet. It is the year of the distant planets. The distant planets are really doing a lot of things. They are retrograding. They are moving into places that they haven't been in decades, longer than decades. Um, they are kind of jumping around in big ways and they are literally changing a shift. If you are into numerology, this may feel, even if it isn't, this may feel like a nine year. And a nine year uh, is all about endings, 
It's all about the closure. It's all about the disentanglement, but equally it is about the birth. It's about the birth of new beginnings, a new way of thinking, a new way of emoting, a new way of connecting to people and to the world. And 2018 has, has really kind of driven a lot of that energy with these major players, these major long-term planets, really creating new life cycles for us. And we're not feeling a good portion of it as intensely as we will when the years start to go and we really start to kick up speed. For some of us, uh, though, those that, that have um, that that are really tied to these placements in a big way. So if signs are, or planets rather are moving into home signs for you, if planets are moving into uh, sextile relationships or trine relationships or even square relationships to aspects in your natal chart, like really, uh, really firm aspects in your natal chart, you are feeling some of these things automatically. But for a good portion of the world, we are going to see this energy play out. And when you look at the players like the moon, Mercury, Venus, the sun, even uh, Mars, you are looking at how these inner planets, these day-to-day planets are playing into this story, playing into uh, this global shift that's happening with all of us. So it's a really exciting time. So these low tide weeks, don't take them for granted. (laughs) It's a time for you to reassess and rethink what's happening for you and what's happening for the world around you. So as always, my darlings, we are talking energetic potential. Astrology is all about what is available to you to harness, to use, what could be swaying the environment around you. When we're talking about planets, we're talking about themes. When we're talking about signs, we're talking about the energy around those themes, right? So these placements and how they relate to each other will map out what's available to all of us when we go when I go through any of these kind of larger placements. As always, check your own natal chart if you really want to know how these elements work. And a quick tip is if you have your natal chart, if you've done your natal chart online, there's a bunch of free resources. I always say get the circle. <laughs> the circle will have your signs, your planets, where they sit in those signs, but also the houses that are impacted, which is its own layer of distinction, right? And it will also show, depending on what you use, it'll also show how these current transits are affecting your own natal chart, right? So for instance, I've talked a lot about the Uranus and Taurus transit. I can talk about that as a global phenomenon, or you can look at it yourself and see where Uranus sits in your own chart. What house does it sit in? Uh, Where is that Uranus and Taurus energy? Where is that going to play into your area of life throughout your life cycle? That is something you can look at via your own chart. If you have trouble with that, always consult a professional. There are astrologers everywhere. If you would like to uh, send those questions over to me, I am happy to assist you. So on whatever podcast medium you are using, go ahead and send me a comment. Go ahead and send me uh, a chat message. And as always, you can visit my website at the healingview.com and send me a comment or a message there and I will be happy to assist you whether it's to create your chart for you or to answer a simple question about a chart you already have. With that my darlings enjoy your week use this energy to your benefit to your potential and as always happy happy healing.